0: Hi, this is Tony Tolado, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our own humanity. And today, we continue our Klingon day as we explore one of the most popular alien races on Star Trek. And with it, kind of the person who gave it a big jump start, and that is Michael Dorn. We'll have him as he talks about a new movie and looks back at Worf and his love of Westerns. We'll have Michael Dorn, in just a moment the klingons have evolved given their language and also the performance of a certain klingon worf played by michael dorn and here is our conversation good to see you
1: you too how's it going
0: good we're in the middle of a blizzard in new york so
1: oh god oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: it's pretty nasty hi today it's great to have michael dorn and he is in a new film called agent revelation Michael, welcome to the podcast. It's a privilege and an honor to talk to you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: What I like about this character in Agent Revelation is the fact that he is really just trying to make amends. And mm-hmm. and that kind of breaks the mold of how we see our original, you know, how we see billionaires, although Bruce Wayne's an exception, of course. So what what was it that attracted you to play this guy?
1: Well actually um just just what you said the guy has done some pretty horrible rotten things and and he's trying to atone for it which is a positive trait but uh I think that the the issue for him and this is kind of something I added to the character is that you know he realizes that no matter how much he tries to atone, it'll never be completely all right. And, and that's just because, you know, the, decision, the decisions you make in your life that he made are decisions that can't go away. You know, you can't like unring the bell as they say.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: he's, he's really, you know, and, and, you know, it wasn't on the page or in the description, but I put that that's the thing that he's struggling with on the inside.
0: Mm. Yeah, I talked to uh, Derek, uh, you know, from his place and he was in Hong Kong at the time. And um, he said you were that you were the choice. You were the, you were the actor he wanted for that role.
1: Well, I was I was very fortunate. I mean, the, um, you know, the script was really good and the character was great. And, you know, working with Derek was 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 wonderful and easy and, you know, kind of, you know, you go there, you did your job and you laughed a little bit. You had some food and you went home. <laughs> That's the way I like it.
0: As you were building the character, was there a moment where you felt like you were there with him?
1: Not really. Uh, you, you don't really have an opportunity uh, with with these movies on this level to like. If it's a big movie and you've got you know six months to prepare, then then yes. You know, or if you're on a TV series and it grows on you and, you know, at, you know, the middle of the second season, you go, oh, I get it, you know, or middle of the first season. doesn't matter. You just don't have that uh, luxury uh, on these movies. You have to kind of go in, do the role and then head home.
0: I, I do like that uh, you're, you're, you and Derek are doing Tai Chi. And of course, Worf used to do Tai Chi on That's Next good- Generation. So that was that must have been cool to kind of revisit that a little bit.
1: Well, you know, it's it's funny. It was um, it, it's one of those moments, and and I I don't know if Derek told you, but you know, Derek's been involved in martial arts his whole life. Yeah, and so I'm kind of teaching him not when the cameras were rolling, but kind of teaching him. Okay, this is what you do. This, and then it kind of dawned on me. I said, you know, you never know if you know somebody's background. So I said, do you know martial arts? He says, well, actually, I you know, studied it my whole life. And I went, oh, great, you know, <laughs> i try to teach you. And he says, no, 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 I want you to, even if, even if I know, you know, this, this regimen or whatever the case for the movie, you have to be teaching me. And even if, even if you're teaching me wrong, you still have to teach me. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the, uh, for the scene. And so that was cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and I and I, you know, I did minimal amount of Tai Chi. I mean, when I look back on it, it wasn't a lot. At the time, it seemed like a lot because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of stunts, and there was a lot of martial arts and in, in the and in the wharf stunts. So yeah,
0: I remember I was there in '96 at the junket for Star Trek: First Contact
1: mm-hmm. at the
0: Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, oh, wow. and and you came in and I. I think what was really cool is that you went into how you developed Worf, that mm-hmm. you, you didn't use contractions. His right. fighting style, you, you went with Dennis Madelone, the stunt uh, coordinator, and figured out a way he would fight that would be very different. And yeah. uh, it, it was cool that you you know put that much time in and really, and I think that's why the character resonates so much because there's a lot of effort put into it.
1: Once you realize that you're gonna be a lot of time you know, with this character, you you have a lot invested, and and Gene Roddenberry did something that I think was very smart with a uh, for producers, and I think a lot of producers from that generation kind of were like that. I asked him, like the second second episode of the first season, I said, "Hey, look, what do you want from this character? What do you want me to do?" And he said, basically, make it your own. That was, you know, like Christmas to to actors. Yeah. You know, with, you have an opportunity to actually create something. And when you do that, you have a lot invested. Mm-hmm. You know? So you start thinking of things to, okay, how can I improve this character? How can I make him you know, less this and more this or whatever the case. And, uh, and luckily for me, unlike a lot of actors, not on our show, but a lot of actors have to kind of go and claw and scratch for people to write stuff for them. I was lucky. The the writers just took off with what I brought to the character and, and wrote some incredibly wonderful things uh, in Next Generation and on Deep Space. So So I was very fortunate.
0: Yeah, you were very lucky that when you went to DS9, Ron Moore was there, who mm-hmm. just had a knack for writing these amazing Klingon stories. Yeah. He just yeah. kept piling them on and piling them on.
1: They, well, you know, I—I'll I, tell you a, a very funny story. Is that uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how funny it is, but I thought it was very cute that whenever Rod Moore would be would write a clown episode, he'd grow a goatee. Like <laughs> and whenever I'd see him, he'd be clean shaven, and I'd say, "Hey, Ron, how you doing?" Blah blah blah. And then when I next time I see him, if he has a goatee, I said, wharf episode?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Never I,
1: I, I got to say that the, the, the best episode, there were some great episodes, but I thought the best yeah. episodes for Worf were uh, the two that he wrote on deep space, which is once more into the breach and the soldiers of the empire.
0: Oh yeah. Oh.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's so many, uh, you know, to, uh, to pick yeah. and, uh, and it's just, uh, it, it, and, and you know, I've heard about your uh, your your pitch for a series, and it totally dovetails what I've always thought. That Worf is the ultimate Klingon. You know, being raised by humans, he has the best qualities of that, and yet still follows Klingon traditions, and can well. really be in a great leadership position to well. guide the Empire. Back to the you know back to honor back to the you know the details and the, and the uh, rituals that they did in the past and not mm-hmm. so much on conquering as they were uh, you know during especially during Kirk's time.
1: The, the main the main theme of of the of the of the spinoff that I wrote is basically survival. Yeah. You know, that does a warrior uh, if if he knows mm-hmm. his way of life is going away, does he go out in a blaze of glory? Or blaze of glory or gory <laughs> uh, or does he adapt to uh, continue the the line? You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a choice and, you know, the choice that Worf made is the idea that we have to adapt and that's what warriors do. And so, yeah, so I was, I was, like I said, it was very easy when I wrote it. It was, it was really, really easy to write because, you know, I know the character so well and I know the world uh, the Klingon world so well that it was just super easy and and it turned out really well turned out really nice. You
0: know, in all good things, I, I actually wasn't happy the way Worf was portrayed. I just didn't think that was really what would have happened to him. You know, I really felt that that he would be somebody in in a in a bigger position of power. Maybe the next chancellor.
1: Well you know and, and I think that that producers have a knack at times. For saying to themselves, and I can understand it, uh, saying to themselves, uh, you know, everybody expects this, so let's do something different. And I think that's that's where they they got it. They said, you know, you know, of course they expect Worf to be. In fact, there was an episode where it was an alternate universe, and we were at war with the Klingons. You know, Worf wasn't on the ship; he was actually with the Klingons because he wasn't even seen in this alternate universe on the enterprise. And everybody was saying, well, you know, you got to have Worf, you know, in one of the battle cruisers, you know, fighting. And they said, no, you know what? Everybody expects that. So let's just not do it. And I think it, I think it works mm-hmm. in some cases and I think it works against you in other cases.
0: Yeah. I i always thought it was a, uh interesting when when the next generation movies were so how are they going to bring back Worf this time you know on the yeah. enterprise
1: yeah you know the funny thing is is that <laughs> uh, first contact uh, it was brilliant yeah. oh
0: my god yeah just
1: brilliant and then after that they just kind of threw me in there and which i thought was odd you know they didn't even like take a take time to do something interesting they just said oh Mr. Worf what are you doing here
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. you know and and you kind of go what am I doing you know so so I thought that I don't know why they did that I don't know maybe they just were so focused on Data and Picard that they just didn't have the the time to to write a return Um, but you know it's one of those things where it's not my show it's I'm just I'm not one of the producers, and so you just have to kind of trust, you know, what they do. Yeah. But I thought it was—I thought it was just odd. And I—I—I and I, I definitely kind of made it known <laughs> that I was kind of going, "Really, guys? You know, <laughs> Mister Worf, what are you doing here?" You know.
0: Yeah. It, it was—I found it amusing to say the least. I—I yeah. yeah. I, I just would love to see Worf on Picard. I mean, the the series really kind of cries out for
1: him a little bit. You know um and and maybe this you know I I I would think so that is my feeling but like I said you know the producers have their own ideas about how they want to um you know portray or 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 you know tell these stories yeah and you know Worf is uh not figured in in those so but that's okay I mean the way I look at it is you know, as you know, I've done more episodes and more hours than anybody. You know, I've been on the original, you know, movie and 11 years on a series and, and you know, five of our, four or four of our movies. And so I, I've, I've done a lot. So I, I don't have a, you know, I i don't feel slighted at all. <laughs> and, and, but the other thing, too, is that, you know, people go, whoa, Michael, don't you want to do it? I said, at first, when they ask, if they ask, I you know, in fact I was asked to come back to Discovery. It, it didn't work out. At first I went, wow, that'd be interesting. And I said, Oh my God, three hours of makeup every morning. <laughs> I kind of went, Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but I, I think that I think that, you know, I'm a fan of, of Patrick anyway. So, you know, he I'm I'm prejudiced. So um yeah. you know, I always hope for the best, but you know they have their own ideas and and that's the way it should be
0: we got lucky last uh last holidays when we actually got to see him do his uh christmas carol uh-huh. in, a, in a small theater here in new york uh-huh. uh pre covid and what a treat that was
1: oh yeah yeah uh, he, he's amazing yeah. i saw him do well we we all saw him do the that and and also we saw i saw him do uh the scottish play it, he was it was a fabulous evening oh, I mean, yeah yeah a great evening yeah
0: you know th- recently there was a movie unbelievable and it reunited a lot of trek alumni uh-huh. what was that experience like for you to see and you saw people that you necessarily didn't work with on some of the other shows
1: there wasn't all the people from Star Trek I had worked with before oh, okay <laughs> yeah pretty much I mean or I or I knew you know so it was just it was it was and it's a very you know, it took him a long time to, to get to, to where, when we were shooting and a lot of changes. And, and I, I, you know, it's been so long. I just kind of go, and I, I got to say, I was kind of going uh, to, um, to Walter Koenig. We were sitting there talking and he goes, hey Michael, do you know what this is about? I go, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, that's great. Because I think it's it kind of transmuted a couple of times over, over the, over the years, you know, because when I read it, it was, it was a particular story. And then towards when I didn't, you know, when I did the, the, uh, the, the, part, it it totally changed.
0: Let's take a break, but back in a millisecond. That is the most theological attitude. Well, maybe a little longer. Back on Trek Capsule with more conversations from every Trek generation. I got to credit you for playing the President of the United States on Heroes. I think that was pre-Obama too, which is pretty cool.
1: Yes, it was. And <laughs> I, think I, I think I got the role because we, I was I was reading with the producers, and it was you know during the George Bush times, and so it was. Yeah. wild. Uh, and uh, they said. Yeah, pretty rough about what's... And I said, hey, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they liked that. They said, oh, yeah, let's hire him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great show. And I, actually, I wanted to see more of him. But uh, we just got a little bit of a glimpse. But that's the way it is sometimes.
1: Actually, my, my favorite thing after Star Trek that I did, I did, a, I did a, a bunch of things that were really nice. But my favorite, I did Castle for like six episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was just a joy. That was a real joy. I mean, Stana Kadik was uh, amazing to work with. And Nathan was such, I mean, they were just great to work with and really professional and really good and, and, and a good time too. They weren't, um, you know, like there was a scene where I was supposed to go um, to Stana and go, hey, um, you know, you need this and I can help you. And, and it was, you know, the scene is always kind of a sexy little scene. And after the guy said cut, and she goes, are you trying to hit on me? <laughs> I go, hey, if you got to ask, I'm not doing a very good job, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, and she was she was funny. But man, right there as an actress and, and Nathan was such a good guy. And they both were those kind of actors that I knew when uh, when I first started that were mm-hmm. You know kind of giving and and there there are certain protocols you know like he's the star of the show and when I came into my dressing room there was a present from him
0: oh that's nice
1: and you know you just don't see that these days you know so so that was and I loved I loved the part I mean it was such a fun part
0: yeah yeah that was great series and yeah. I was lucky enough to uh talked to both of them during the run of the series and, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, I echo exactly what you said very down to earth and uh-huh. and, and very cool you know they both have done uh, DC animated movies yeah. I would love to see you do one of those
1: I have done you know the animated stuff from years ago the, the uh, TV stuff but you know all, all of that is it's such a different world these days I mean there's there's so much out there, and you know, it, it's really you kind of get lost in the shuffle a, a little bit. But um, but I, you know, like I said, I don't think the the wharf um, spinoff is dead yet. I think that at some point, maybe sometime in the future. But in the meantime, I I started. I wrote my Western opus. Is what I'm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I'm a big Western guy, I'm I mean, oh, from yeah. the old days. So.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I know westerns and I know directors and you know the actors and the stories. I mean everything, you know. So, and I I really had this this really good idea, and I started to write it. My manager was very uh, encouraging, and so and that's what we're doing right now. I, oh, I, excellent! It, it's it's wharf with spurs. Next. Yeah. <laughs> It's nothing, it's, he's nothing like Worf. You know? Oh, yeah, of course. But um, but yeah, yeah. So so I'm really, you know, concentrating on that. And, and I would like to do that. And, you know, to be honest, all the people that I've met over the last, you know, 20 years or so are all in the same position where there's some people that are producers, some people that have ends to producers, they're, you know, director of photographies and a lot of different people that, I think I can bring together for this show. And um, nice. people have already shown interest and they said, Hey, look, you know, I'd like to, to help you. And, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But, but I, I, that's, that's my, my main thing. And I want to, I want to act, I want to star in it and I wrote it and I want to direct it.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. I mean, Paramount plus does need content.
1: Yes, they do. Yes,
0: they do. <laughs> I mean that's the thing. You start a channel, you're going to need a lot of content. That's just not reruns.
1: And you know, and the funny thing is that I would think that they would they would leap at a at a wharf series, um, or you know, a wharf movie, oh. or something. So um, so we'll see. But you know, the, the funny thing about all of this stuff, you got to have an end. You got to have a, somebody you can call. Yep. At at Paramount and go. Hey, how you doing, Joe? Hey, Michael, what you got? Well, I got this thing. Oh, man, come on in. Let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what you need. So we'll see what happens. We'll see.
0: Well, you know, getting back to Westerns, I'm a, I grew up watching Westerns. And um, I mean, that was really the first thing. And then I got into sci-fi as well. But, yeah. I, I, but really, the one Western I keep coming back to, and it's really fairly recent, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, I would. God. It was a, a beautiful movie.
0: Oh my a, God! Yeah, movie. the
1: fact and, that he w-
0: had to drink to be able to do all those bad things, just, and
1: you know, and and just the you know the really wonderful actors.
0: Oh my God! Yeah,
1: just wonderful. You know, just it, it, just amazing. You know, I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. And it was really before that there was uh, there really was a, a drought of really good westerns. You know. You know, people. You know, they they had a they made efforts at it. Yeah, but nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm I'm very much, you know, a fan of Clint Eastwood, a fan of of Tarantino, a fan oh, yeah. of, of um, Coppola and, mm. and all these guys, and of course the old guys. You know, the Fords, the Hawks, the um, uh, the William Wyler's, the you know oh, all of yeah. yeah. Um, but when I wrote, you know, the the western. I, did, I didn't copy them. That's one thing I didn't do. Mm-hmm. But what I did do was I took a page from uh, from Quentin Tarantino, and he doesn't really say this, but he's a guy that, that did what he wanted to do. You know? Yeah. And write what you want to write.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: don't write what you think somebody else will like. Write what you have done. You know your experience, basically.
0: Yeah, and,
1: and that's what I did. And That's what I did. I'm really like a self-editor because what I'll do is I'll go, <laughs> like I'll be writing and I'll go, no, I've seen that before. No, we're going to take that out. You know, or yeah, yeah, no, no, they, I, I somebody said that before. No, I'm not going to say that. You know, so yeah. everything is kind of fresh and not. Uh,
0: For the character in this western, is he uh, what? What? What's his weapon of choice?
1: Uh, he has a short gun, a 44 caliber short gun that the Colt company made for him.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: That he carries, that's his little personal gun and he carries a Henry rifle.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And that's, that's his, that's his kind of go-to weapon. Mm. You know, depending.
0: Yeah, I loved the way Danny Glover wielded that Henry in, uh mm-hmm. in Silverado, man, that was yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, I'm not a big gun
1: person, but no. but
0: somehow in westerns it really kind of fits. <laughs> so yeah. you, it's yeah. part of the mythology of it, you know.
1: And, and the thing is, is that um, you know I wanted to have a a gun, but I wanted it to be special, just like uh, remember. Um, Wanted, dead or alive. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, he's got that weird Winchester thing, you know. Yes. So I wanted something that was distinctive, and I—you had to have something like—and this guy is is well known enough to where the Colt Company would just go, "Okay, what do you want?" Well, I want a big caliber short gun, is what it is. Nice. nice. And uh, and he's, you know, like I said, it, it's a it's a very good story. I'm really happy with it, so. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Hey, good luck with that. That sounds awesome. I would love to see you do something like that. Yeah. So he's quick on the draw, huh?
1: No, he's no, not. No, he's not. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and, and the reason is, is that, uh, as, I mean, how many times have you heard that? Sure. It's not about being fast. It's about being deliberate. That's right. You know, it's about, you know, being able to hit what you shoot at the first time and if you're fast you may not hit it
0: i just love your passion for the project i think it's going to be i'm really hoping something like that gets made because uh yeah. I think passion is so important in anything anybody does
1: oh yeah oh yeah definitely definitely well and i got like i said two things i, I think that you know the the wharf spinoff is not dead and this thing is, is something that I, that is different. And I think it's um, I think that people would be like, well, wow. You know, and plus, you know, with the whole uh, stuff that I've done with Star Trek, you know, I have a following, which would help. Sure. Know? And so, uh, so I hope this, you know, like I said, it, it's one of those things where um, we're still plugging away as they say.
0: Yeah, Star Trek had a uh, a Western episode, Fistful of Datas, of course.
1: Exactly, and and <laughs> I, you know, and and I told him, I said, okay, I want the hat like a John Wayne, like when he was in the um, uh, the the, um, the army. You know. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Apache and and uh, she wore yellow ribbon, and oh, I yeah. wanted the that kind of shirt that has the buttons coming, you know, like in a like a, almost like a Chevron and and I wanted a gun and they couldn't do it uh, like Steve McQueen had in The Magnificent Seven. Oh my God. It was, yes. it was a very, he had a very odd holster. Yes. And, uh, and I thought that was the coolest thing but they couldn't do it in time.
0: Yeah, also one of my all time favorites because yeah. look at all the people that became stars after that movie, it was like amazing. Oh. You know. I mean
1: it was, I mean it was brilliant. And there's a shot. If you ever get a chance and you're watching, mm-hmm. the final shot is where Horse Buckles says, you know, adios, and he goes back to be with that, with that, um, uh, with that woman. Yeah. And the shot is in the foreground. It's her, and she's you know grinding corn. He rides down, and he comes in the, you know the little area. And in a little cutout of the wall, you see McQueen and Yul Brenner way off in the distance. And it's this shot that I didn't, you know, see until recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was just, it was just a great shot. I mean, it was, it was a great shot. You know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And I love the little, uh, the nuance where, he comes back and she knows he's there and she smiles. Oh, oh! You know, it's like, see, it's the little things that sometimes an actor does without dialogue, that yeah. just that just really just gets you in the moment and makes you remember things. And oh, God, you and Worf has had many moments like that.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the way I, you know, I've, I've directed before, and that's the way I like to direct. TV is tough to direct because you really are constrained, but. um when I have an opportunity to do something that's from the beginning, um, it's always a a wonderful process because I've, I've got, I've got all of this stuff in my head. You know I mean? I've got all all the directors, you know, just running around in my head. So. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, you 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 mentioned some great ones. There was also one of the, one of the fantastic things that, like I think uh, the Godfather one Hmm. and two are the best movies ever made. And there was a scene where Michael makes a speech where he says, Hey, we can't wait. We've got to kill this guy. Yeah. And he, he's explaining what to do. And Coppola takes a slow pin. Mm. I mean, it's just crawling. And you see Michael go from a snub nosed kid to the godfather. Yes. And that's and special effects, there's no, you know, 360 movements, it's just pushing in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, wow. And that's the thing. That's the thing I love about, uh, and that's what I do. I mean, special effects to me are like, you know, something you add just to put icing on the cake. But, you know, the, the acting and the camera is is all mm. important.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you haven't seen it, I do urge you to see the recut of Godfather 3 much better. Really makes more sense than the original version. And it it is really, it it really, it belongs with the other two now, I think.
1: It really did a good job. That that is is some big talk.
0: (laughs) It is, it is. But I no, seriously, I thought they really, it's like, the, the original version, it just seems like forever to get going this time. They just jump right in and, and, and sure enough, he's being the Godfather and right. he's uh, trying to, you know, he's trying to go legitimate and that's his aim at the beginning of the movie. But yet people are coming after him because they need something. They need his right. money. Right. So they did the, the recut was so much better mm-hmm. than the original cut. Uh, right. and, and they, they, uh, added some scenes that were cut out. There's a nice little scene between him and Andy Garcia in a helicopter that was not used in the original where he's yeah. giving him advice. And it was like, how can you leave this out? But um, but yeah, Coppola got to do the cut he wanted and it, it uh, the movie benefited from it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out if you can. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I I am so behind both the Wharf idea and also the Western. I would love to see those come to light.
1: Okay. I appreciate it, man. And thank you.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. I have fond memories of that junket back in ninety six where all of you were there was a moment in the hallway where I think you were coming in and Patrick was moving. And I heard you guys like arguing like a fake argument in the hallway. <laughs> it
1: was fun. Well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I... Yeah, I actually remember that. Oh, I do you?
0: That. <laughs> that was great. It was like, yeah. and then you walk in with a big smile on your face. I remember that oh. very clearly. Thank you again. Okay. And I look forward uh, to see for everybody to see Agent Revelation. Uh, it's uh, to see you as a billionaire. I like that idea too.
1: Sounds great. Thank you. Our
0: Klingon Day continues here on Trek Tuesday. This is Tony Tilato.